from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome to the show. I am Jake Scorheim, your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Boy, do we have a good show in store for you guys tonight. Like, just a ton of stuff. Happy Tuesday. Matt, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Doing yeah, good? Good to be here. Happy to be here. Great. Lisa Brooks, as you can hear, she's back with us. She's uh, she's back from her little, I don't know where she was at, but she's back. I'm happy she's back. Uh, I also heard maybe there's a new dog that she might have gotten. So maybe, maybe we can get some pictures of that cute new dog posted to the Facebook page. All right. I'm so happy to see you guys. Are you guys happy to see me? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Well, I'm happy to see you. Just the same. Very happy. All right. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to get to that in just a quick second. But first, I have a parenting dilemma. I ran up against this just the other day. Um, I don't know if I made the right choice. I'm going to let you guys decide. You can let me know on the text line, 888 My son, who loves wristbands. You guys remember wristbands, Matt? You remember wristbands, like 1980s? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. You wear them when you're sweat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't really describe them any other way. It's a wristband. They're functional. I feel like it's kind of a self-explanatory item. Uh, so my son, um, I think it's because he's such a massive football fan and all these like quarterbacks and like all these guys, like Patrick Mahomes, all these guys wear wristbands. So he decides, I'm going to be a guy who wears wristbands as part of his look. Any parent knows that your kids all have a very specific look. They kind of get into a lane, and then they really like that thing. They just like, that's what they're going to do. So he's going to be a guy who wears wristbands. I don't know how long this is going to last. I think they're cool, though. So I think it's pretty neat. But the other day, he comes out in the morning. He's looking for his wristbands. He's found we, we got him like a bunch of wristbands. And he found some, though, that I didn't even know we had in the house. It was just in a drawer. I don't know where we got them. Could have been a promotional pack. Could have been something. And he, I see him wearing these wristbands. He's eating his breakfast. He's getting ready for school. Uh, just getting ready to leave the house. And I noticed that on his wristbands, they're not just like the plain wristbands. These ones have a logo, and they. I was wondering if I would get in trouble if I sent him to school with this logo. Coors is brewed with pure Rocky Mountain spring water and its own special high country barley. It's no downstream beer. It's no city beer. It's Coors. It's the high country. My to Coors. <laughs> He's eight years old. I don't know where we got these. They're Coors Light wristbands, and they're like kind of sweet. Like, they're cool. I don't know where we got them. They're in my house. And now they're on my son's wrists. I don't see a problem with letting him go to school in these wristbands. Uh, it's not like I sent him with a cold bottle of beer in his lunch. The wrist, I mean, if the teacher cares to read the wristband, then she might have a problem with it. I know that if I had asked his mom, who was not, this was not a morning that she was taking care of the kids. This was my morning. So... You know, dads make decisions. Was I wrong in this decision? You could let me know. 888-973-5476. What do you think, Matt? Coors Light wristbands for an eight-year-old? Good uh, idea? Bad idea? I mean, I get why people would be bugged by it, but I don't see a problem with it. Because like you say, unless they're looking really closely, who's going to notice? Yeah. And it if doesn't they are, have that association to him. It's to just be a honest, wristband. Yeah. I think if a teacher looked really closely to these wristbands, they would probably say... Eh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I think these are pretty sweet yeah. and retro and good for you, kid. Uh, and you got excellent taste in light beer as well, they might say. All right. Uh, he doesn't drink beer, obviously. He's not drinking beer. But he will one day perhaps have excellent Someday taste. he might. Someday he might choose to. And if he chooses to, then that's, you know, I hope he does it in moderation. I go. wouldn't recommend anything more than moderation. Uh, he did. He did. His mother eventually saw these wristbands. She's like, you can't wear those. 
Uh, and so he said to me, he goes, can I wear them? Uh, can I wear them when I'm 18? Because he just assumes anything at 18 is fine. I say, well, you know, technically you got to be 21 to drink. Unless you're in Canada. <laughs> unless you're in Canada. And so he goes, can I wear them when I'm 21? So yeah, 13 years from now when he's 21, if he wants to wear those wristbands, uh, God bless him and enjoy him. All right. Uh, this is the time of night where we play a random movie, movie clip. I'm not going to tell you what it's from. I'm not going to tell you the context other than I can honestly tell you this is one of my absolutely favorite movies of all time. I could watch this movie. I do watch this movie at least once a year, and I love it. And I get something new out of it every single year. Tonally, it just sets a perfect tone. I love the message in the movie. I love the journey that the characters go on. It's based on an amazing novel. These are all clues, and so maybe I'm giving you guys too much clues uh, in the lead-up to this clip. But I'm going to play this clip. Enjoy it. Just let it set the tone for like a nice, just a nice, thoughtful show that we're about to have. Good luck in the text line. 888-973-5476. Let me know if you know what this movie is. And I hope that many of you know this because it means that you and I are dear friends. Dear, dear friends, if you know what this movie is. And if you don't know, don't sweat it. At the top of the news roundup, we're going to tell you. But good luck. When I'm alone in the half-light of the canyon, all existence seems to fade to a being with my soul and memories. And the sounds of the big Blackfoot River and a four-count rhythm and the hope that a fish will rise. Eventually, all things merge into one, and a river runs through it. The river was cut by the world's great flood and runs over rocks from the basement of time. On some of the rocks are timeless raindrops. Under the rocks are the words, and some of the words are theirs. I am haunted by waters. Isn't that so great? Under the rocks are the words, and some of the words are theirs. Oh, it just cuts right to my heart every time. I love it. All right, let's get into it, Matt. All right, there's a Seattle ordinance. I want to tell you guys about it because I found this completely obvious that this would happen. Have you guys heard of the pay-up ordinance? Seattle City Council, back when this thing was passed in May of 2022, the, uh, this is what the benevolent Seattle City Council was saying about this. They were so excited about this. This was just going to be great. So listen to this. This is from their website. This is from Seattle City Council's website. They put this out in May of 2022 when this was passed. First of its kind legislation will guarantee app-based delivery drivers a minimum wage, increase transparency, and protect flexibility. The Seattle City Council unanimously passed pay-up legislation today, which is actually kind of an ironic title now. The legislation sponsored by Lisa Herbold and Andrew J. Lewis, uh, neither of them I think are on the council anymore, I wonder why, would, among other things, make Seattle the first... Is Lisa Herbold still on the Seattle City Council? I don't think she is. Uh, would, among other things, make Seattle the first city in the nation to provide app-based delivery drivers a minimum wage... All right, so I, I get their intention. I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to be the first. Uh, they go on to say, this legislation was created after a year of intensive stakeholder meetings and public hearings. It comes to, as a new report reviewing hundreds of records, found 92% of jobs from app-based companies pay Seattle workers less than the minimum wage. And then they said, here, these are some quotes. This is from Lisa Herbold. We live in an expensive city. Many delivery workers earn below the minimum wage after expenses and tips are accounted for, Lisa Herbold said. 
app-based work is one of the fastest-growing sectors of our economy. And with more workers turning this to this type of work, the passage of this legislation will help tens of thousands of delivery workers make ends meet while maintaining their flexibility. Again, amazing claims. Amazing claims. They're going to make more money. They're going to have more flexibility at work. They're going to have better pay, like I just said, which is the make more money part. I'm just repeating that again, I guess. Um, Andrew Lewis said, large segments of our economy are becoming more and more automated with lower pay and scant benefits, said Lewis. As the economy evolves, so too must the approach of local government. This bill is the first step to protect and expand the rights of workers who use these apps. And then they talk about what pay-up ordinance will do. Again, ironic title. This legislation uh, ensure app-based workers paid a minimum wage plus expenses and tips, create more transparency in employment terms and how payments are split between workers and app-based companies, and finally protect flexibility and transparency in employment issues for app-based workers. All right, so that's what they're setting out to do. That's back in 2022. So, how's it going now? Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? What happened? It's not happening. This pay-up ordinance is not working. King 5 details this. It did the exact opposite of what they intended for this thing to do. King 5 lays it out. Listen to this. That $5 fee you may have noticed now on apps like DoorDash and Uber Eats are not only causing frustrated Seattleites to delete their apps altogether, like I reported last week, but now we're learning the very people this ordinance intended to help are actually hurting. It's just different hotspots. But what used to be hotspots feel a little colder these days. I got one. This was one of few orders. Awesome. Thank it. That this delivery worker on this Sunday was offered. Sundays before the ordinance, we'd be thinking breakfast. Fewer orders. You know, people, they love their breakfast. Sunday today, I don't even touch it. They're not going to order and it's definitely backfiring. Since January 13th. I've got nothing. I'm not going to sit here for hours for one freaking order. Chipotle. Their jobs have been a lot of waiting for a little reward. So you might have that hour and you literally only made $8 for that hour. That ordinance was meant to improve wages for gig workers. You pay more. The problem is that they're not telling the whole story. And DoorDash, for example, says drivers will get paid more at least $26.40 per hour before tips in their estimation. Assuming that you are working constantly, then yes, you're going to be making that much money, but that's not what's happening right now because people are not ordering as much anymore. One driver shared how much he made on this week. I want to pause it here real fast. This is actually something worth paying attention to because this is like the real world end result of this ordinance, which again, they said, I mean, I think the intentions are good, right? You want to make people as much money as you possibly can. But what you have here is you have a government stepping in and injecting themselves into a private transaction between two consenting people. You have the business, these business owners who are uh, want to provide food for folks. And so they say, all right, we're going to sign up for people can pick up on DoorDash or Uber. Then you have another group of people who say, hey, I want to be a person who uses Uber or DoorDash to make a little extra money. I'm going to pick up these orders for folks and I'm going to take them to their house. And then the city of Seattle steps in and says, hey, we're going to make sure that these people are making more money. But they're not giving city money. They're giving somebody else's money. And when you give other people's money, what can other people do? Well, I'll just pick up that order on my own. I'm just not going to go pay the extra fee that's tagged onto this Uber Eats or this DoorDash. I'll just pick it. It's too expensive. You mean they'll do it like they did before all this stuff got developed? (laughs) Can you believe it? People (laughs) will just get their own food. 
Uh, so, King, listen to this again. King Five is about to detail how much somebody used to make and how much they're making now. Eek last year, nearly $1,000. But this is what he made this week. And he's not alone. Half. They say they believe they're also competing against more drivers now. And the tips are going down because they think we're making all this money. So don't be surprised if you see big groups of them waiting at the hot spots. For real, we are grinding and we are for real not getting $26 an hour. It's called the pay up ordinance. It's designed to protect gig workers. Neither of the two Seattle City Council members who originally championed it, Andrew Lewis and Lisa Herbold, are still currently on the council. Oh, that answers my question. Mayor Bruce Harrell recently lauded the implementation of the ordinance, saying that gig workers are critical to Seattle's economy. So the Seattle City Council steps in. They say we want to make everything better for these workers. We want to make them... They, what they wanted was to be able to sit, put out this press release in 2022 to say, we're going to be the first to do this, the first legislation to do this. They're going to make so much money. But what happens? They don't make any money. Now it's just going away. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? What happened? Something like this also happened in California. It's actually happening right now. In California, they're doing something very similar. California said, we talked about this a couple of weeks back on the show. California said, hey, we have these big pizza companies, like take a pizza hut, something like that in California, and they're these big national chains. Now, they're not paying their delivery drivers as much as we want them to pay them. And so they made a law that in California, you had to boost delivery drivers' pay per hour to $20 per hour. And that would start in April. Now, to you and I, we go, hey, that's pretty good money. You go and work an extra, like, work three extra hours working at a pizza hut. You get 60 bucks a night. At the end of the week, you got some serious money adding up. Well, not in California. <laughs> Well, if it's, I mean, but if it's extra money, a lot of a lot of folks pick up jobs for extra money. I've picked up many side hustle jobs for extra money, just like to make it work, right? So that's what a lot of folks are doing. But in California, when they made this into a law, you have these big chains, and it's just targeting these big chains. And so they're saying, hey, we actually, it's cheaper for us. And so this is what happened. Pizza Hut said to all of their delivery drivers, listen, guys, we can't afford to pay you this. We just can't. It just doesn't make business sense for us to do this. So what we're going to do instead is that we're going to take our, for these Pizza Hut franchisees that they talked to, which is like 1,500 of them or something crazy, they said, we're going to just get rid of all of these delivery drivers and make them, like, get rid of them as salary, as a, as a uh, hourly workers starting when this thing takes effect. And instead, we're going to switch over to Uber Eats and we're going to switch over to DoorDash. It's just cheaper for us to do. So, again, you have California who steps in. Good intentions or not, I don't know. But this is the end result. People lose their jobs. City of Seattle, good intentions or not, I don't know. But they step in, and now people can't even... You heard that guy. He doesn't even take orders on Sundays anymore. Which should be, in City of Seattle, back when I was living in Seattle and I had no kids, and I had all day Sunday just to hang out and spend money on food, believe me, I was ordering food. I don't do that anymore because I have kids. That's expensive. But back when I had money... To spend on that kind of stuff, believe me, I was ordering that food. And it was coming to me through, probably back then it wasn't DoorDash. It was probably just a delivery driver of the place. It might have been It might have been DoorDash back then. I don't know. But those people aren't even able to make, make money at this anymore. And that sucks. Big time. All right. We got a lot coming up on the show. Matt, tell them what we got. Coming up on tonight's show, Kyra News Radio reporter Matt Markovich on a bill that will discount speeding tickets for low-income individuals. Also, a local college is doing away with failing grades. 
Wish that had been around when I was in school. Also, Lisa Brooks will join us for the news roundup at 8.06. That's all headed your way on tonight's edition of Cairo Nights with Jake Scorehide. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorehide. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest with me right now. We are going to talk about some legislation. Now, legislation <laughs> is not like the sexiest of topics, so we try to sex it up a little bit here. And who better to talk about it, to sex it up with, than Mr. Sex Wax himself, Matt Markovich. <laughs> Matt, welcome to the show. People don't understand that. That's surfboard wax. They, you know. Yes, uh, yeah. it's surfboard wax. For those uh, yeah, non-surfers out there, I, I used to make there. it. People yeah. are into weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, people can look that up. But all right, let's get sexy. Let's talk legislation. <laughs> it's a, what a stupid bit. No, just, no, I'm moving and grooving on that. Just sexy mo- sexy music and uh, a couple of sexy voices here. <laughs> All right, so there is a sexy new House bill. And what is this House bill called? It's 23-something, it, This right? is uh, House Bill 2384. Now, I don't know if people would call this sexy, but we'll, we'll no, make it a little sexy. No, it's not sexy. Yeah, it's yeah. not sexy. But it is, it's got red lights, right? Like, we are talking about red lights. Red light yeah, district. Yeah, That's red lights. So, red light so, cameras. Yeah, so this bill was uh, cruising along, uh, doing fine. Uh, this is a bill that would expand, you know, those red light cameras or any kind of cameras that would detect jaywalkers speeding through intersections Things like that. Sure. Expanded across the state. Currently, there is a population threshold. Basically, large cities like Seattle are allowed to have these kind of cameras. I think the, Linwood, Linwood has some. Linwood, Kent has them. I got popped. I used to live in yeah. Linwood. Yeah. Yikes. So now what the, the bill was, the bill is originally to drop that population limit down to 10,000 people. So it can be used. You can have red light cameras or safety cameras that do photo enforcement, um, at a population of 10,000 people. So small towns can actually put up a light uh, camera, earn the income from the light. Yeah. Remember, it's safety first. That's what yeah, they yeah, say. Yeah, it's safety, although yeah, it's yeah. a big giant net catching money. But yeah, go yeah, ahead. I, anyway, so, so it, was <laughs> cruising along, it was cruising along. And then, and this is how it happens in legislature. When a bill goes to a hearing, it gets heard. There's many, also, there's many elements to the bill, but it, it gets heard in a committee and then it goes out of the committee after they hear everybody talk about it, the committee goes in what's called an executive session and they sit behind a, a door in their caucuses and decide whether or not to approve the bill. And then they come out in public and then take a vote. Well, at that opportunity, a member of the committee or whoever can actually submit a substitute bill and replace the whole thing. And then all of a sudden now they're going to vote on a substitute bill if everyone adopts it and that becomes the bill. Uh, so that's so what happened. You could sneak something in. Right. And a lot of times with these bills, as I understand it, they have a period where you have public comment. So people Correct. could comment on these things and say, hey, we really like this. We really don't like this. Please don't vote on this. But when somebody sneaks one of these things in. So they have the public comment. So they, they're commenting on what was the original bill. Yeah. Then they go into executive session and come out and say, hey, I got a whole nother rewrite here. But you don't that get won't to go to the, you don't get to comment on it. It has a lot of new elements, and that's what happened to this bill. And the public doesn't get to comment on it. They just throw it out there. There was a lot of changes to the bill, and we're going to talk about one of those changes. That I found which is was, drawing a lot of public comment. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And 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 just the bottom line, this is passed now. 
uh, in the in the uh, house, and it's going to hopefully, uh, well, let's see if it's going to make it to the floor of the house. But the big change was this one uh, element uh, that lawmakers took issue with is a mandate of a 75% reduction in penalties for registered owners of vehicles who receive state public assistance, and they can make a request to have their fee dropped by 75% because they're on public assistance. So the argument is, hate to say it, is you don't do the time, uh, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. If you can't pay the penalty, then don't speed in front of one of these cameras. And should you, should there be a break for people who are on public assistance or are low income on the fees? That was, that's one element. The second element that's kind of related to that. But that's, that's the one that's getting everybody talking. Yeah. Then the second a one 75% is 75% reduction yeah. for people who are or on specifically, yeah, specifically for people on public assistance, like food stamps or housing gotcha. assistance and things like that. There's another element to this bill that was new that creates an online ability to pay calculator where cities and counties can process a request to reduce the fines with these traffic camera uh, violations. And that's for everybody. You don't have to be low income to ask the online ability to pay calculator, hey, drop my $134 ticket, which is what's the first ticket you do a red light, that's 134 bucks. Sure. Drop your ticket down for, you know, because I can't pay it and here's why. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it is. So the bottom line is, should people, should the penalties be the same for everybody? Well, or well, should you yes, get, you know. Yes, they should. That's my opinion. Yes, they no. should. But what's really interesting is like, if you were to apply this same logic to just speeding tickets in general. So like a cop pulls somebody over, they're going 25 miles an hour over on the freeway. Like, I don't know what that ticket is, but mm-hmm. I would think that that would apply to everybody equally. Mm-hmm. But then somebody are are they going to use this as justification, or do they already have this? I mean, I don't know that they are if they don't already have this. Do they already have a system in place where somebody could then say, "Hey, I don't have the ability to pay this like somebody else in Bellevue does." So can I have less on my speeding ticket? Well, what what makes it change here is that's usually up to a judge at that point. If you're going to get fined and it's a, crim, uh, a speeding ticket, yeah, uh, you can go to traffic court. Argue in front of the judge. They most likely will reduce the fine if you say, I have the funds to do it. Yeah. And it's your first offense. The judge can wipe it clean. It's up to a judge to do this. Yes. This mandates in law that if you're on public assistance, and that's you just the only- automatically get it off. Yes. You have to ask for it because then you have to apply, say, hey, I'm on food stamps. I want to get the 75% off. But they and can't deny it. But they can't, then deny, they can't it. deny it. So how many, do they have a limit? Like, let's say that somebody drives down the road and they ignore these traffic lights and they get it or they, or they don't know it's there. They get one. That's mm-hmm. fine. Everybody can be, mm-hmm. you know, popped by one. But then now that they know it's there and they request 75% off and now they're down to 25% of the ticket, which is, I don't know what that would be, 25% of It'll be about 40 bucks 40 for bucks. 134 to 50 bucks. Yeah. Like a very, that's a very payable ticket. Mm-hmm. Somebody then says, "All right, I'm going to speed through this thing again every time. I'm just going to like, is there? Is you there can a- you start going up. Yeah, second offense will be two hundred sixty-two dollars. I mean, there's other. It it ratchets so, so up a little bit. The tickets climb, and but they would still only be twenty-five percent of whatever the higher number was. As I read the bill, yes, you're yeah. correct. Yes, and are people are are how did how did the vote come down on this? Was this was this evenly split? No, did, not well. It's yeah, right down party lines. Right down party lines. So nineteen ten. So there's all ten Republicans on the. The committee voted no, and all the Democrats voted yes. Can you can you think why? I'm just wondering. 
Can you think why Democrats would vote yes for this and why Republicans would vote no for this? Did you talk to anybody about this? No, I didn't. But if you, I listened to the testimony. And it's about social equity. You know, that the guy, like you said, a guy in Bellevue may be able to $134 ticket is nothing to them. But for somebody who doesn't have any money, $134 ticket can cost the whole weeks of groceries. Well, I understand that. But they can, to my understanding, they can already talk to a judge and express this to a Correct. judge and say, judge, I can't afford to pay this ticket. Now, it takes a little extra time yeah. of on their part. They have to actually show up. The judge already has the ability to do this. What this bill does is this bill says automatically they guarantee get 75% off as yes. long as they make that request. Yes, absolutely correct. Yep. So why wouldn't a judge, like let's say somebody's a serial offender and they're either, you know, I don't if I was a judge and I saw somebody coming in multiple times and I say, all right, the first one I'm going to wipe off for you, but like the second one and the third and the fourth, clearly there's a pattern of behavior here. You're not learning your mm -hmm. lesson. So no, I'm not going to wipe that off. This takes away the judge's ability to do that. So the judge would have to give it to him every single time. Well, they don't even have to come in. That's oh, they, the, just, they just check a box yeah. somewhere, hit a little button that yeah, says, that's uh, just, I have a uh, low yeah, income. You, you file online. I, I'm assuming with this online ability to pay calculator, but then you say, I'm on public assistance. And that all of a sudden, you check that box, and all of a sudden that triggers the 75% off. Uh, as I read this language, you don't have to go in front of a judge. This is automatic online when you respond to your ticket. Yeah. So that's it. And another little thing about this, Jake, is that if if you're uh, i've been a victim of a red light ticket i know how who, uh, i've actually as seen how I. it's <laughs> and i've actually sat with the seattle police as they're writing the tickets when i was doing a story for tv yeah um it takes a uniform commission officer to write the ticket that's state law uh they see the video they see you running the light oh i see that they write it and then you you get the ticket in the mail it takes a, a law enforcement officer this bill changes that it gives the authority to a non-commissioned person or even even a city staff person to look at the video and then they issue the citation. So just it's somebody not, in some back room who's no not even connected to law enforcement, they just work for the city, can just rubber stamp all these tickets. Correct. Because they're just pulling in. Now, they're supposed to have in training. In my mind, I'm a cynical guy. So yeah. like in my mind, I hear that and I go, all right, well, they see what a moneymaker this is and they probably can't get as many officers. I mean, we all talk here about officer shortages. Mm -hmm. So we just don't have the officers to rubber stamp all these tickets. So why don't we just like open this up and let anybody rubber stamp these tickets and let's get that money flowing in. I don't like the sound of that. I thought this was about safety. <laughs> is it about safety or is it about money? Because well. if, if I'm adding it up in my head, it's, you know, if I'm hearing all these things, it sounds to me like it's about money. But they keep saying it's about safety, safety, safety. I don't know. Do you know when you're heading into a red light camera intersection? I mean, sometimes you can recognize them, sometimes you don't. And you see that yellow and you That's think, i got to beat that yellow. Why are they disguising you know. them unless it's about money? If they really wanted somebody to be safe, they'd put up a sign 10 miles away and then one every single block until I got there saying, hey, by the way, there's a camera up here. We want you to slow down. Mm -hmm. Remember to slow down. you got to mm -hmm. slow down. It's about safety, safety. Mm -hmm. It feels to me like they're trying to get us for as many tickets mm -hmm. as they can. And I've driven through some of these one time. I had a, I was new to a neighborhood. I didn't know there was cameras there. And every day for a week, I drove five miles an hour over through these through mm -hmm. these cameras, not realizing mm -hmm. they got me. Yeah. And I call, I I paid one. I called it up the number and I paid it. And then they said, what do you want to do about the other five tickets? I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? And I went home and I told my wife and she goes, you're going to slow down. So they work. <laughs> they work. They make you slow down, but yeah. it feels like it's about the money to me. Yeah, that's, a, that's been the argument ever since the red lights cameras came into existence. So this is, this is expanding, and you know, the state's talking about 
uh, cameras that install for speed on the highway. Yeah. You know, it just detects speed. So these cameras have gone beyond just the intersection, a red light camera. They're going beyond. There could be in a school bus zone. So uh, wherever there's a camera to catch a violation such as speeding or you know, not stopping for somebody in a crosswalk or even on the pedestrian side, jaywalking. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we're talking about here. That's so it's heading. a lot of money making, like you talking about for the cities and the counties, but also the ex, you know, expanding this network of cameras to town, towns that of 10,000 or more. Oh, that's huge. That's so, huge you know, that now yeah. these little towns can put up a red light camera in their one light, one light town. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe get some money and in the name of safety. In the name of safety. Yeah, well, safety comes at a price. All right, uh, Matt Markovich, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, Jake, anytime. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to the show. You know, I'm I'm gonna do a little experiment here. I'm interested in this. Triple eight ninety seven three five four seven six. That's the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. You don't need to tell me what your name is. You don't need to tell me who you are. Who are you gonna vote for for president? Because as we get into twenty twenty four here, and we get closer to the election, none of it seems super <laughs> super great to me. Um, Karine Jean Pierre, who is the White House press secretary, she was asked about Biden's mental fitness. After apparently he had some exchange where he referenced talking to a politician who sadly hasn't been with us on the earth for almost 30 years. And people get concerned when the leader of the free world is having conversations with people who aren't there. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Michigan. I'll just leave it there. That's where they're going to leave it. They're just going to leave it there. Um, obviously, Biden has a history recently. He wasn't always like this. He used to be just a firebrand. That guy would snap so quickly at reporters. There's some videos you can go back and watch on YouTube if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not. You might be if you're weird, but you want to go back and watch Biden just yelling at reporters. And yet, strangely, you know that those videos are there. Well, Matt, I know all. <laughs> you forgot that I recently turned oh, 40, so I'm I know sorry. everything. Now. Omniscient. Um, Biden recent Biden has has a tendency lately to get lost in speeches, and that's a problem. I'm going to play a clip of Trump here in a minute. Don't worry, but uh, Biden getting lost in speeches. Not fun. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. <laughs> so you have, that, you have that guy on the one side, and again, he's just like, sometimes it's just gibberish in speeches. You have Biden on one side. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't. Mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Not even 100% sure what he said there. I think I had a uh, sense of what he was going for. So you have Biden on one side, who's not making full sentences all the time. And then on the other side, you have Trump, who just comes across as kind of a jerk. No, no, Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. 
See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. <laughs> he can't so do that. Ridiculous. So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? We want to be very civil, right? I mean, they're allowed to do it. He just did it. He just said it many, many times. So you have Biden on one side, you have Trump on the other. It's kind of the, it's, I guess you're kind of, is that what every election just is now? It's just the best of bad options? You guys let me know. 888-973-5476. Don't you wish there was somebody who maybe you didn't agree with on everything in, pol- in politics, but you still respected them or thought they might live longer than another year? I just would like people who are going to be around for a while who have a stake in what's going to happen with this country. I think that's a good thing. Trump's now spring chicken. What is he, 77? He's almost 78 years old? Yeah. Jeez Louise, guys. Come on. All right. Uh, but you can let me know who you're going to vote for. I'm interested. And uh, maybe you can sway me. Sway me one way or the other. I got to vote for someone. Maybe RFK? Is he a vote or is that just a wasted vote? I don't know. It's a good question. We got a lot more coming up. News Roundup's coming up next. We're going to get to that trivia question that tons of you are guessing on. Many of you have gotten, many of you have failed. I will let you know which when we come back here on Cairo Nights.